This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This magical year throws up, yes, another memorable away win. But our captain has a wobble on his disciplinary tightrope. Loads to talk about on Blue Monday. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. My name is Mikey Pensy-Smith and joining me for this, the flagship show, the two men who have spent much of their weekend on the wonderful motorways of Great Britain. It is Craig Finbo and Seb Brown. Craig, your journey was the longest. How was it overall? It was fine, thank you, Mike. Is the A1 a motorway or the A1M part is the motorway part of it? I don't know. But yeah, it was absolutely fine, mate. It it was a a lot better than some transpires who had to get the train home and seems to have taken like a day to get home some people. But no, it was was all right. A1 always is pretty much touch wood. Um, And I got the added benefit of having the M25 today for a three-hour round trip for a game of football as well. So yeah, I just thought I'd tick that one off the list as well this weekend. But no, an absolutely fine journey, which always a five hour drive is always a little bit easier in the pouring rain when uh, you've got something positive to talk about. Absolutely. And Seb, I think this is the longest of your short northern trips, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I've not done it before, so I wanted to tick it off. So, yeah, drive up there took about five hours on Friday because I, I was coming from Mid Wales from where I work. But last night was a bit ropeo, that M62, you know, the motorway with the house in the middle that's the tallest motorway in the UK. That was a bit dicey with the uh, uh, with the winds. But my poor mate I went with, I dropped him at Darlington train station for a train back to London. And I think he got in about 1.45 and then having had to get an Uber from from Newark the rest of the way. So I can't complain too much compared to some. An Uber from where? Newark. Mm. He has loads All of trouble last night. To Newark and yeah, loads of the trains were just cancelled, so I think they stuck him in an Uber. Blimey. Um, thankfully, we won, though, hey? Spoiler alert. Uh, this <laughs> is a, a live show, so please do get your questions in in the chat. We'll try and involve you all as, as much as possible. Um, let's get into Saturday's game, though, straight off the bat, shall we? Um, and no real surprises in the, in the Ipswich lineup, Craig. No, um, as we as the guys spoke about uh, pre-match, um, Taylor coming in for Luongo, and that was um, that's all she wrote really. Yeah, um, we weren't missing Williams; he wasn't starting in any case. So Clark carried on there, um, and everyone else is is just picking itself at the moment. So I think there was possibly a little bit of um, a question whether some people were questioning whether Ball might come in for Taylor to give us a little bit more solidity in the middle of midfield, but. Taylor's more than earned his his chance, and his um, <clears throat> he may well be needed a little bit uh, more in the next few weeks. Um, but no, he he came in, he did absolutely absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, so it was uh, just to recap: Pladke in goal, back four of Clark, Wolf, and Burgess, Davis, Morsey and Taylor in midfield, Burns off the right, and then it was uh, Chaplin through the middle, Broadhead on the left, and Hurst in the centre forward role. And this is the Middlesbrough team, Seb. Um, I think you said that Johnny House was going to be playing 
Full that's, back, yeah, that's what we were hoping. expecting. So, yeah, Dale Fry obviously passed the late fitness test. I think he was the one of the nine who who made it. They ten out. Nine didn't make it. He did. And I, I think the, the consensus was pretty much that if he didn't make it, then Housen would have to go at right back and Vanden, Vandenberg would have to stay in his normal role in the centre. So him being there allowed Housen to play in centre mid with Barlazer, which then freed up Matt Crooks to play in the in the ten uh, with the two wingers either side of him. So having Fry back did kind of help them solve sort of three issues along the uh, uh, in, in their lineup, but still missing, yeah. Nine, nine of the players didn't make it in the end. Probably a good time to play Middlesbrough. Um, I saw the first part of the first half compared to a chess match by Stuart Watson with limited chances for, for either team. Um, Clark got forward well and slipped in Burns, who held it up and laid, laid it off for Hurst, but his shot was blocked and looped into the hands of the goalkeeper. Then an aggressive bit of defending from Wolfie in the borough half enables Chaplin. Lovely chess to... The path of Broadhead, whose shot is heavily deflected, that easily could have looped into the net. Um, Ladke then has his viral moment with one of the sexiest pieces of goalkeeping you're ever likely to see, Craig. Yeah, it, it, it was. And the thing is, when he did it, it wasn't unexpected and there were no nerves or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just to quickly go back on the, the first part of the match, Morsey absolutely clattered Rogers in the first minute and a half of the match and it's a you're looking it back I watched it back just now on the the full match replay it's a proper nasty tackle as well he did well not to get at least a yellow for that one um but I I when I was walking to the ground um from the from the center yesterday I bumped into a borough fan who just like started chatting saw my blue scarf just started chatting to me and I was we're just shooting the breeze and he was saying um that they're trying to play football out of the back, but they're not good enough to do it. And he said, you listen to the crowd. They will be on their backs. As soon as they try and do it once, the nerves will start and you know the crowd will start getting on top of them. And that happened in the first five minutes. We pressed them quite high up. And as you rightly say, Mikey, it was a bit of a chess match. Not a particularly good chess match either. A very low-quality chess match as it goes. One of the sort of chess match I probably play. Try to turn it into a game of drafts. Um, <laughs> and so but both like... The centre-halves had a lot of the ball, didn't they, Seb? Um, yeah. And Borough weren't really interested in pressing us at all. They just sat back and sat in their block. Whereas we had a little bit more about us in trying to trying to press them. And I say we did do in the first five minutes. And even then, the crowd were starting to get a bit edgy and um, and on their backs. But, yeah, I, that Hlaki cushion. You know, he his starting position all match is just so high. It's like playing with 11 outfield players. You know, he's playing as a sweeper. He really is. He's... You know, when we're on the attack, he's pretty much on the halfway line. And even when teams break on us, as we saw in this clip, he's taken it down, what, 35 yards away from his goal. And as I say, no one around me was particularly bothered. They knew exactly what he was going to do. He's, he's going he's gonna, to, I thought he's just going to trap it dead to his, to his foot rather than cushion it to someone else. I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to just bring this down on his instep. Um, so, yeah, it was just a beautiful. Beautiful piece of skill, and you say completely unexpected, uh, not unexpected. And I'd wager he's got a better touch than some of our more um, agricultural outfield players. Bless him, he's just he's playing on such such a crest of a wave of confidence at the moment, isn't he? It's just an absolute yeah. delight to see. Yeah, it's been brilliant his arc this this season, hasn't it? Real pleasure to watch. Uh, Seb, speaking of a pleasure to watch, Connor Chaplin gets involved at the right end of the pitch in the thirty third minute. Talk us through goal number one. Yeah, so we started to sort of, like, like Craig said, you know, it was two sides feeling each other out and kind of they were happy for us to kind of put our foot on the ball up to halfway and they were kind of saying, break us down. They didn't really have any any kind of attacking intent and the goal starts, you know, it's 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 Wolfenden who kind of steps out. They try a through ball through. Wolfenden kind of steps out and collects it and finds Taylor in midfield. He, he, he played, Taylor played really well yesterday. He finds Chaplin who just gets his head down and drives. And it was one of the first times in the game we'd moved the ball with real kind of pace. You know, up until then, the chess match analogy was pretty accurate. You know, it was kind of patient in the build-up. But this time, we really looked to hit them quickly. He finds Burns out on the wing, who just drives in field. We get a bit of luck. We get two strokes of luck, don't we? You know, the cross comes off Housen, hits him on the chest, slash slash arm. Fourth Chaplin is in the right place, and it's so instinctive by Chaplin, isn't it? You know, just to hit it that first time, left foot on, on, on the volley. And again, secondary bit of luck. You know, it clips Matt Clark's head and flies past Senny Diang. But yeah, I think at that point, we fully deserved the goal because we'd, we'd really started positively. We were nullifying Borough. They weren't offering very much up front at all. Um, 
Um, and it was a yeah a, a moment of quality after 30 minutes. Craig, I'd say of of not much happening at all. Nothing, nothing really happened. Did I don't know the broad had one looped over, but apart from that, it was it was you know no shots on target really from either side. And it was the first real quality move of the game that was rewarded with a with a goal. Excellent from from Wolf and then to kind of step up and step the ball. Good run from Taylor. Brilliant from Chaplin. The instinctive hit was excellent. And you, you need that stroke, that bit of luck sometimes. And we got that in. We got that twice and fully deserved the goal at that point. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't look like two teams really feeling each other out. It looked like two teams who we know are going to set up quite similarly, just negating each other. Really, I say to my eyes, the only difference was that we were we were more aggressive in the press, whereas they were just say more than happy to let. Predominantly, Wolfenden wasn't it? He's he's he was stood on the ball for a, for an awful lot of that first as Sib says twenty twenty minutes, half an hour, just trying to find a space and a, a an opening and a, a player to um to pass it to so um yeah it, it wasn't the, the most spectacular first 30 minutes you just needed a spark didn't it to, to sort of set the game off and middlesbrough fans are absolutely frothing at the mouth um latte laugh tries to find an equalizer uh cuts in and curls the ball wide um dangerous one that um but we get in at one nil just what the doctor ordered craig yeah, absolutely. That that um, latter laugh shot was a bit similar to the broadhead chance um, from last week. In that, you know, you expected him to at least hit the target, and mm. um, thankfully, with the sort of goal gaping, he he dragged it wide. And um, what what was notable a couple of times in that half was um, I'm going to keep calling him Whittaker. Rogers broke uh, a few times with the ball, and you could see Morsey was tempted just to clip his heels or pull him back or just to stop stop the attack but didn't you know he's he's well disciplined Sam Moores he's not going to get a yellow card for nothing you know um but it was quite it, it, to my eyes again it just seemed obvious that he was just 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 stepping back off the gas a little bit and there were opportunities for him to do it um which he didn't take up and after half time comes arguably Middlesbrough's best period of the game Ladke tips over a dangerous in swinging corner then makes a solid save from a latte laugh header maybe milked that one a little bit. Uh, Murray Hutchinson comes on for... What are you shaking your head for, Craig? Murray Hutchinson comes on for um, Nathan Broadhead. What position did did he pick up, Seb, when he came on? Because obviously Burns is still on the pitch. We don't often see see those two on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, it was a straight swap. He went into the left-hand role that Broadhead had been occupying. Broadhead was kind of coming in in field quite a lot in the first half, looking to make things happen, kind of picking the ball up and running. And I guess that was Hutchinson's brief as well. You know, Burns can stay out on the on the right, get the more direct role, and kind of take the full back on. And Hutchinson had that freer role, I guess, to kind of to kind of drift in field if he if he needed to. Davis was quite quiet in the first half. I thought um, the the guy I was with, my mate Chris, mentioned that obviously without Luongo there, sometimes Luongo naturally drifts into that left-hand channel, doesn't he? And involves the likes of Broadhead and Davis Morse. Maybe his absence contributed a little bit towards that. But Hutchinson just came on into the the, the same role. And yeah, the, the, they started the, the second half stronger. They had a the couple of corners. Like he tipped one over underneath his his own crossbar. The good save that he pushed away, uh, away from the danger zone uh, that, that Taylor managed to clear. And Hutchinson just, yeah, at the right times, I think the subs were made because... You know, Broadhead. We've discussed him recently, haven't we? Has he been slightly off it? I thought he was thought he was okay in the first half, but but maybe he was starting to tire as the as as, as the clock was wearing on. We needed that impetus, I thought, of, of fresh legs at the time, just to try and counteract the the decent start they had made to the second half. And it didn't take Hutchinson long to make an impact, did it, Craig? Down that left channel. No, absolutely not. And this was a, another piece of play which um, stemmed similarly to what I was talking about uh, just now about Wolfenden having the ball and looking to to find people's um feet and he he tried it a few times with Hurst um in the first half maybe three or four times with Hurst in the first half and Hurst's touch um hadn't quite got up to scratch really and he, he grew into the game similar very similar to Jack Taylor in my eyes is that they started off quite slowly but then really ramped up um performance as the game went on and obviously if you're George Hurst and you've got a defender on your back and you're sprinting to the defender who's passing you the ball, it's a hell of a skill to be controlling that um, dead or spinning or, or whatever it happened to be. Um, so as I say, yeah, we tried it a few times. The ball's pinged into Hurst's feet, who's running with Clark on his um, back towards our own goal. And he, this is a good touch. He spins Clark. I think he's looking to spin and go on your goal himself as it transpires um, Chaplin, as ever, is not a million miles away from uh, George Hurst, so picks up on that pass. Uh, picks up on the ball, sorry, and, and hits it first time into the left inside left channel where 
Hutchinson's already started his run. So if, if you watch it on the replay, Hutchinson starts his run pretty much as Hurst touches the ball. Um, so he's already so he's already got a, a head start on their right back, who's on the halfway line, whereas their other centre half is about six yards further back, and their left back another four yards further back. So their their back falls all over the place. It looks um, offside on first watch, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it, like yeah, the it, speed that Hutchinson was moving at. Yeah, that's right. But say so thankfully they're they're back for whether it's by virtue of Hurst's run into you know into his own half in effect sort of just disrupts their back four. But if you sort of freeze frame it at the point where Chaplin plas- plays the pass, just to double check it is offside, it's like a bit of corrugated iron there, they're back four, mm-hmm. basically. Um so yeah, so um Hutchinson's in the clear through on goal, um and pretty effortlessly slides it past Jiang. Um and it's quite funny actually if, if people listen to um I think it was the town TV interview, forgive me if it wasn't, I think it was or on YouTube, the official town um interview with McKenna after the match when he talks about it and he refers back to the um the preseason games over in Germany and him having a similar chance or opportunity uh, yeah. and deciding to cut back and try and cut back three or four times before getting the shot off. Well it's something else that um that he's that he's learned, and it wasn't just that he he was also getting stuck in against said wasn't he Hutchison? He was getting his body in the way. He was tracking back. He was winning fouls. He was um, conceding fouls. Yeah, he's that part of his game. He's he's learned so very very quickly from that you know, the kid we saw start of the season falling over at the faintest touch with his arms up in the air wanting a foul. You know, he's now getting getting stuck in and you know, really growing into into proper men's football. He's so good without the ball, isn't he? You know, when he's when he's not in possession, the stuff he'll do off the off the ball is superb. I thought he was excellent when he came on, fully deserved the the goal because, like you say, it wasn't just the the finish; it was his all round game that was brilliant. At a time, I think we probably needed a little bit a bit of freshening up. Did you hear the whistle, Craig? I didn't hear it at the time, but on the on the on the replay I've watched today, there's like a ten minute EFL highlights game. I can hear it on there, but in in the stadium, I didn't hear a whistle. Did you? No, apparently people could hear it um, on the telly people um international viewers who are watching it on the telly could hear it but m- myself and oscar we were right in the corner we were pretty much on the corner of the stand looking at the corner flag and towards the dugout so we were quite a way away from where the, the whistle emanated from so no i hadn't heard it i hadn't really noticed that um hutchison had sort of checked himself you know he, he was looked to my eyes he was pretty straight through and gliding through on goal and just sliding it past the keeper such was the atmosphere in that away end. He, he just didn't even hear the whistle, Craig, maybe. Um, Harness and Jackson come on for Burns and Chaplin on 76. So we do uh, two lots of two subs. Ten minutes later, Ladapa and Ball are on for, for Taylor and Hurst. Seb, why didn't he take off Sam Morsey? <laughs> yeah, we had that debate with the people kind of standing around me, saw Ball getting ready to come on, and I thought, I maybe just wonder. I must just go back quickly that the shot that Taylor had was a, a, a great effort as well, the one that went narrowly over. So it was a mistake from them playing out from the back. I think it was Fry passes it to straight to Davis, who kind of bursts forwards, and I, I thought he was going to get his first, first goal of the season. He hits it, and it's a decent block. I think it was Clark, and then Clark is then dallying on the ball, and and Davis whip, nips in again and wins it back. And a bit fortunate because Clark sticks out a leg and Davis probably could have gone down. He probably would have got a penalty there. And then it worked its way to Harness, who kind of cushions the, the layoff. And it was a great effort from Taylor just over the bar. If that had gone in, that would have been limbs, as the kids say, in the uh, in the away end. So Taylor, like Craig said, grew into the game, did really well. But I thought Ball might well come on for Morsey. As Craig said, he absolutely clattered Morgan Rogers 90 seconds into the game. Probably should have been a booking 10 minutes later. It's definitely at least a yellow. And yeah, put Ball on, see out the game. Ball was combative when he came on he put himself about he put in a challenge on uh, Matt Crooks that Crooks didn't like at all and got himself booked and with hindsight yeah that should have been the change that we made but he's not going to take his captain off it's his game isn't it you know me and Rich were were discussing it in the pre-match show and I think we said if he does get booked do you rest him for Watford and we said you, you can't take that chance when when the suspension happens it will happen we'll have to deal with it at the time and yeah bit of hindsight ball for for long uh, ball for Morsey is the obvious change and you know he, he plays with a bit more freedom on Tuesday night but it's happened and we have to deal with it but of all the things to get booked for if you're Sam or to kick the ball yeah. away 40 seconds from the end of the match when you're 2-0 up it's just it's just weird and I always I always laugh about it with the guys that I sit with, it's just ingrained in football, isn't it? Kicking the ball away, it's just yeah. it's just ingrained in the oh, just little nudge, just to delay the game. It's but in that situation, at that point of the game, there's it's just crazy, just complete brain fart. 
was I it appreciate... 40 seconds before the before the whistle yeah yeah i yeah. appreciate that there's not an awful lot of time between the referee blowing the whistle and him doing it you know it's not as if the referee's blowing the whistle he's had to think about it and he's lumped it into the corner of the the pitch it's quite quickly after the referee's blowing the whistle but it's still intent i think to to do it but it, but given that one in the first ninety seconds, he, he can't yeah. really have any complaints with getting a booking in the game. There was a handball in the second half, if I remember rightly as well, which I thought he might have got booked for as well. So across the game, it was yeah the silly one to take, but he probably can't have many arguments about getting the caution because that that Rogers challenge wasn't great after ninety seconds. No, so about uh, one thousand four hundred twenty levels below the championship is the Sunday League um, that I play in. And our goalkeeper was booked a few weeks ago. We conceded a penalty in the, like the la- pretty much the last kick of the game, but we were winning 3-1. Um, opposition player scores the penalty, and our goalkeeper has gone to drop kick the ball back to the centre circle so we could just restart the game and finish it. And he shanked it so badly that the ref has turned round, didn't see him kick it, and just assumed that he's tried to kick it off the side of the pitch and booked him for it in the, la- the last action of the game. He's not the next um, Vazklav Hlaki then, Mikey, by the sounds of it, no? He's not bad with his feet, but yeah, it was more um, what should we, uh, more Andy Marshall than um, Vlaslav Hladki <laughs> in terms of that particular kick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it sounded like it was a pretty controlled performance when you were heading up to the Riverside, when you set off at what, 2.30am or whatever it was, Craig, you'd have, you'd have definitely have taken the result but also mm. this really controlled um disciplined performance disciplined aside from the samuels the yellow card which we'll probably speak more about yeah 100 percent um i actually left friday afternoon and stayed at the premier inn in pontifract on the a1 um just so I had a little glamour into the weekend um <laughs> but yes it was, it was partridge <laughs> it was exactly that, Mikey. It was solid and it was it was controlled and controlling. It was similar to like the second halves um, we had against Millwall and Coventry in that once once the game was, once we were ahead in the game, we just sort of nullified, saw the game out, snuffed out the majority of the opposition's chances. Um, and, and McKenna said about it, the fact that we had that sort of box um, in the middle of our uh, midfield just to sort of nullify uh, Middlesbrough's strengths. Um, and as, and as Seb said a little earlier about Davis not getting forward, Clark didn't really get forward as well. So you, you would assume that that was a an intention um, rather than uh, just it, it just it happening. Is that we were probably a little bit um, as we have been in away games. To be fair, haven't we? We're not, we're not um, looking to go gung ho and outscore the opposition in away games. And as again the guys said on their pre-match, Middlesbrough don't score an awful lot of goals at home. Um, especially if you take away the anomaly of the 4-0, was it Preston? I think you guys said um, pre-match. Crikey, they, they score less than a goal a game. Um, and so, yeah, again, harking back to my friend I, I bumped into who I'd never seen before who told me about Middlesbrough. He said he pretty much called the game, um, this Middlesbrough fan, as we were walking to it. He said, Matt Crooks, because I said, God, bloody Matt Crooks, always plays well against us, always seems to score. He's a bit of a marauder in that number 10. He goes, he's been rubbish this year so far. You know, he's... He's flattered to see. He hasn't done anything. I saw him. He was called the tree by a, one of the Borough fans I saw on one of their match, report, match reports. Um, so, yeah, he got that spot on. He got spot on about them trying to play out from the back and being, if they're put under pressure, the crowd will start to turn. Um, and, you know, what few fans that were left on 80 minutes, they all seemed to think it was an 80-minute match yesterday. The, the Borough fans, they were the majority had gone by the time um, the clock had ticked over to 80. But, yes, because I, I think they could see that, we were just seeing the game out as as we've tended to do the last two or three matches once we've been ahead. Did it surprise you how much control we had, Seb, considering how well Carrick and McKenna know each other? I guess it shouldn't do after what we saw last season. Obviously, this is a completely different level above and it, it really reminded me of some of those away games last year where we're incredibly professional, we're incredibly well coached and well disciplined and like Craig said, we just completely nullify teams, don't we? They hadn't scored that many at the Riverside but equally they only conceded seven I think before yesterday so they don't concede many goals and yeah, we we, we completely counteracted everything they had. I, me and Rich were debating on the on the pre-match show, will will the two sides cancel each other out given the, the very similar playing styles or will it be a, a bar basketball kind of end-to-end sort of you know a 4-3 game for example two sides that aren't great at the back but but are good going forward and in the end it was kind of neither it was just a professional performance by us in complete control 
I was surprised at their lack of atten- attacking intent in the mm. in the first half. Okay, they've, they've got a lot of injuries. I guess that's the caveat, isn't it? But you know, there were there were boos in the Middlesbrough end at half time, um, and I, I think they were a bit surprised at the the lack of options going forward as well. So the, the more I think about it, I think it's a, a real statement victory, you know, to go up there. And I'm sure, judging from Twitter, Leeds fans were were fairly sure we'd be dropping some points this weekend. And yet another roadblock in our way has been kind of swatted away, or swatted aside with with minimal fuss. It was, yeah, it, it, a lot of haulbacks to, to last season. I remember going to Bolton in February, March time, I think it was, and we'd beaten the sides we should have beaten, like Forest Green and Morecambe and stuff, I think, around the time. And that was the first kind of time I saw them. I thought, okay, well, if, if this is decent now. You know, we, we, we're not just doing it against the the sides we should be beating. We're now going to the stronger sides in the division and, and, and kind of really setting down a marker. And the more I reflect on it today, I think it's a really impressive statement win um, because, you know, our record there is crap. We, we've not won there since 2010. Okay, they've got injuries, but they're still a decent side with a bright young coach. He averaged two points per game for pretty much two-thirds of last season. So it was a real test. I probably would have taken a point at breakfast when I'm sitting around the table before I headed off to the ground on Saturday morning. But we did what we do, you know, complete control, complete professionalism, strike when we need to strike. And, and, and yeah, a really impressive statement win at the start of a very big week for us. No, it's ne- neither of you have said the words smash and grab. Uh, <laughs> Did you see that? That's ridiculous. Neil Wilmore's brought that up. So that that was um, the headline on the, the Middlesbrough official club website. Ipswich smash and grab win. Saw that Streaky94 has also brought that up, the smash and grab. Not sure you can really call it that. Even if you're just looking at the statistics of the game, it was like we, we, we slightly edged them in pretty much every department. I think maybe they had 1% more possession or something like that. Yeah, but Absolutely. it put the stats in the article, didn't it? The, underneath the headline were the stats. So, yeah, really <laughs> strange choice of match report. Yeah, Aaron S also is complete control. I thought it was a smash and grab. Everyone's <laughs> loving that. Everyone's loving that one. Um, let's uh, let's take a look at the the other results. Um, let me just bring them up here. So Covent, Coventry two 0 win in that Midlands derby on on Friday night. That probably surprised absolutely nobody. And then Leeds. Went to Blackburn with about what was it, fifteen thousand away fans behind the goal, and mm-hmm. twenty thousand further up the road who couldn't get in. Um, yeah, very professional job from them as well away at Blackburn. West Brom um, lost at Sunderland. Is it managerless Sunderland? Uh, mm-hmm. Cardiff one 0 win over Millwall. Uh, Huddersfield won. Bristol City won. Leicester eased to a four 0 win over over Plymouth. Norwich held by Preston, nil-nil. Um, not much to say about that one. QPR keep winning, and so does Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday won 1-0 at, at Stoke City, and it cost Alex Neal his job. And Tuesday night's opponents, Watford, did us a favour with an injury time equaliser at home to Southampton. The only one of our automatic promotion rivals to drop points were the Saints which means that the table now looks like this. We're still right up there. 20 games played, 48 points. Leeds, seven points behind us. Um, and now it's 10 points between us and Southampton in fourth. And quite a big gap on on West Brom and the rest. Middlesbrough down three points off sixth place. It's really, really tight between the last playoff place and then basically half the division, isn't it? Um, do you see Middlesbrough being up there potentially in the playoffs at the end of the year? Craig, or does a lot need to change between now and then? Um, Based on what so. you saw. Yeah, well, you, well as I say, you, know, that you can see how they're set up um, similarly to us. And obviously, we'd struggle if we had seven, eight, nine um, players out as well, wouldn't we? Um, so I think hopefully um, once they get their players back and they start um, clicking to gear, they can start taking some points off of... Um, teams that are around us by um, feathering their own nest, as the saying goes um, from a, a recent pod. But there's a, there's a, what was quite interesting is the um, there's quite a lot of mistakes, wasn't there, in, in the goals. Um, I watched the highlights last night when I got in, actually, because I'm that dedicated to football and I just love football. Um, and there's just, there's just loads of defensive errors and people trying to play out from the back, aren't there? Um, there seems to be quite a... Um, proliferation of, of Ever, everyone's trying to be Ipswich Town, aren't they, Craig? That's yeah, the, there's a, there's the certainly a lot more team. We, we were talking. Um, so my mate Glenn talks about it. We're, after, since us, since us getting relegated, 
and coming back up again, that teams have gone from predominantly being a long ball sort of division to being now everyone seems to be trying to play football, don't they, in the main and to varying degrees of success. Do, do, do you think like the, the behind closed doors um, football just enabled enabled more clubs to just give it a go because of the lack of home fans? Is, is that a theory or do you think it's just the the evolution of football a little bit because Pep's been doing it for the best <laughs> part of a decade now in the Premier League? Yeah, and possibly that, and possibly because of the type of manager and coach that is are coming more and more into the mm. game, aren't they? You know, the as we know to our own benefit, the younger um, career coach educated uh, what like their players to play in a certain way. They're they're more more to the fore now than the the more um, agricultural agricultural rudimentary type type coaches, aren't they? So. But by virtue of that, it's going to be more football being played. Whether the players are good enough to to do it, it's a, another matter. It's all over for your generation now, isn't it, Craig? Okay, uh, let's hear from our sponsors. Uh, although I don't think Craig wants to hear from that guy either, uh, reading it out, but here we go. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Lovely. Have you calmed down now, Craig? That's very professional. That I don't know how you manage to do that each week off the cuff without a script and get hit the spot, hit the music every time. It's very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Eric Hitchmo, did anyone happen to catch the brand of cigar Ladke was smoking <laughs> on the halfway line when he made that cushion pass? Must get some for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> I think if the club the club will be missing a trick if they don't bring out the Ladke cushion just in time for Christmas. They could uh, <laughs> I'm sure they could do brand something along those lines. Lovely, but maybe one for the for the Blue Monday merch store, Craig. That mm. um, horse holler. I'm starting to think Ladke is our most important player. He's unbelievable with his with his hands and feet. Yeah, well, um, I don't think wherever he's most important, he's certainly becoming one of the most integral to the way that we play, isn't he? Because as I said before, he's now our he's now our sweeper, our de facto sweeper. We, we've we've now pretty much got eleven outfield players on the pitch. It just allows everyone to play further up the pitch, but also, you know, allows us to start as he's done numerous times before, to start attacks from pretty much on our own goal line as well. Uh, Bumpkin says, Millwall, Coventry, Middlesbrough, three cracking results. No blip here. It's been impressive the way we've bounced back from that West Brom game, Seb. 
It has, yeah. Obviously, West Brom was the first one after the after the break, and you know, given the fixtures that were coming up in December, that defeat kind of, if, if, as we said at the time, if we follow up with wins um, against the likes of Millwall and Coventry, there was no no issue, and we've just carried it on. And yeah, it's another one down, and we go into a big week now with the two away games. But you give yourself that breathing space, don't you? Win the win the Saturday, the weekend game at the start of a three week game, and suddenly everything gets a little bit easier. You know, Watford isn't a free hit now. Norwich certainly isn't a free hit. But even if we lose one and, and win the other, you're still averaging, you know, two points per game across a three-week, uh, three-game week. So yeah, they've done the hard work now with the, with the great start, and hopefully they'll carry it on. And it's great to see because after the last couple of international breaks, there were a few mutterings, weren't there? Did we look a little bit leggy, and were things starting to, you know, catch up with us a a, a, a little bit? And I guess some people were maybe expecting us to start to drop off, but we've just, you know, picked up kind of what we were doing earlier in the season where. The performances are controlled. We've cut out this horrible habit of conceding a goal in the first 10 minutes of a match. And and yeah, things are, things are certainly on the up again. Let's talk about Watford away coming up on Tuesday night, Craig. We're both going to be there in the away end. Mark Lander, do you think Axel in for Wolfie on Tuesday? Watched the game yesterday. I think Wolfie doesn't always cover Harry Clark when he pushes forward. Yeah, very. there very possibly may well be a couple of changes. I think... Uh, um, I'd probably keep Burgess in there. Um, who's the lump that plays for Watford? Rayovic, is it? He's a, he's a big old unit, isn't he? So Rayovic, Rayovic. Um, so we may keep Burgess in there for that reason. And as we've seen, um, when there has been rotation, it it does tend to be um, Wolfenden that just steps out for the game for Twanzebe to come in, and you know, it'll be to our own. As as we've seen, you now they're they're handling it pretty perfectly at the moment in terms of drip feeding him in and taking him out and just get getting him up to speed, getting him enough minutes for what will be a pretty um, important January when, when Burgess goes. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that change. And possibly um, Broadhead as well. As Seb said before about yesterday, Broadhead was, again, he was okay, wasn't he, Seb? Um, I, I'm still erring on, on David Diamond's um, side of things when it comes to Broadhead at the moment. He's not really setting the world alight. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's another um, change come come Tuesday. Yeah, I think you I think you rest him and then get him back in for the Norwich game, don't you? He's um yeah, he's he's much better at Portman Road at the moment than he is away from home. So Hutchinson deserves a start for the off the ball stuff and for the goal. And I guess maybe Luongo comes back in for, for Taylor. Taylor I thought was was good yesterday. Like you say, he grew into mm-hmm. the game and did well. I just wonder physical side, away from home, slightly tricky. Do you want that sort of you know, Luongo and Morsi's kind of understanding back in there before the Norwich game? Potentially yes. Yeah. Yeah, or po- or possibly you give Taylor another one on the understand that he will miss out in the Norwich one, and you give Morsi, yeah. uh, sorry, Luongo an extra days, um, an extra days rest. You know, no match day during the week, and get him properly up for, um, up for Saturday. Who knows? There were uh, there were a couple of limpings yesterday, weren't there? Clark was limping towards the end of the first half. Burns took a knock, so I wouldn't be surprised if we did see a little bit of rotation for the midweek game, and then look to go back to the the traditional kind of full strength side for next weekend. Yeah, we got Williams, haven't you? Who's back after his ban? To again, they're pretty seamless. Thankfully, they're pretty seamless um, changes, regardless who who drops in or out at the moment. Hopefully, when um, Morsey gets his suspension, it'll be an equally seamless transition. Yeah, uh, there was a comment here from Neil Johnson. Clark has been superb the last three games. Do you think he he keeps his place even when Williams is back, Craig? Uh, I. No, I don't think so. I still think Williams is the better player. But I, I just think there's an understanding that players will just be fed in and fed out. And it, it's not really a knock on their performance as such. It's the fact that we're just trying to keep everyone fit and at, at a level that they're going to be good for the rest of the season, if you see what I mean. We're not going to be slogging everyone um, 90 minutes, 98 minutes, where it happens to be every single match for a three-day week. If we have got the potential to to rest people and bring people in um, to give people rest. So I just say, I don't, I think that's the way they look at things. I think that's the the understanding that the players have got is that they're not being dropped because they've been rubbish. They're not being dropped because their performances are dropped. They're being dropped to save themselves and to, they know that their replacements are equally of an equal level. And it's for the benefit of the team for the long haul come May. Indeed. Uh, just a, a few comments on um, the, the, the change of management style in the in the championship. Just dipping back into that, Rich says there's a evolution of managers losing their jobs, um, and who's replacing them? Who's who's the Watford manager at the moment, Seb? 
I can never pronounce his name properly. Ishmael, isn't it? Vil something Ishmael. So yeah, he's um he's got them going, hasn't he? I think they've only lost one in ten now. So this is perhaps a trickier tie than it was, and that, and that that defeat was Leicester, if I remember rightly. Um, so it's probably a trickier tie than it than it would have been maybe a few weeks ago. I think top of my head, I think they've scored second highest home goals after us maybe or maybe from open play or something so they do they do score goals at home so it will be a uh, yeah it'll be a tricky game on Tuesday night but like I said you've done the hard work on on Saturday it's certainly not a free hit but you've put yourself in a great position now where even if you only take a point going into the Norwich game you know you're on the four points for the two games with a a home game with a you know a sellout crowd everybody ridiculously up for it the the, the coach being welcomed everything is going to be kind of kind of really really on fire around that fixture so if you can get yourself a, a, a solid point then then you're laughing don't um Leeds have Sunderland away they do they do yeah, yeah. it's the eight o'clock game isn't it yeah yeah tricky Alice Ashley Anton was hanging out with a few Middlesbrough fans after the game seemed like a very friendly bunch by all accounts and they said we're better than than Leicester were I guess that's just one one game in isolation but but really pleasing to hear that sort of thing from opposition supporters isn't it let's hope that we're, we're better than them on Boxing Day <laughs> yeah um Carnival Nation how many points from the next five games is a good return for me anything more than nine would be exceptional we keep doing these predictions don't we and <laughs> I mean, I, I, I expected us to, I think I had us down to lose the Middlesbrough game when I did my predictions. Um, I did. I uh, When we did our 10 game, when we did it, was it West Brom to New Year's Day, wasn't it? Mm. I had West Brom away, Middlesbrough away and Leeds away down for defeats. And yeah, I think I need to start being a bit more positive after seeing that yesterday. Mm. I've been I hanging around Rich too long. It's, 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 the, <laughs> it's the negativity he's watching, that show has worn he's off watching, on he's me. T- and he's typing. I can see he's typing as we say. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, um, I'll be getting a reprimand. I suppose it's how those how those points are spaced out over which games, aren't they? As well, because you mm. don't want really want to be losing against Leeds. Um, you know, if you can get a point against Leeds, then and a point against Leicester potentially, then the rest of them can sort of work work themselves out. If you see what I mean? You you, you don't want to be giving Leeds that um, that three points. Are we in agreement that a Morsey yellow against Watford and therefore missing? I guess we want him for Leeds, don't we? Is it better to miss Norwich and Leeds or Leeds and Leicester? What's your views on it? Oh, yeah. I, I really want him there for that Norwich game. Yeah, so I'm not that bothered about that, him there, there for the Norwich game. I think we me, can handle lesser, Norwich. Yeah, for, yeah, I'm the same. That's the lesser of the not three me. for me. Cool. I don't want to think about Norwich yet anyway. Let's think about Watford. <laughs> now, we were talk- back, back on that tightrope. Yeah, um, we were talking. We were talking about it in the car on the way back, and uh, like every, exactly the same as everyone else is thinking. Cross, which two would he would he would it be preferable to miss? Well, obviously, QPR and Stoke will be the two would be preferable to yeah, miss. But can you yeah. really see Sam Morsey playing a game against Norwich, Leeds, and Leicester, and not picking up a uh, or Norwich and Leeds as it will be, and not picking up a yellow to miss any of them? Because we're going to need we're going to need him to be making fouls, aren't we? Especially, it's probably. Especially against Leeds, can you remember the the game at Portman Road? How many how many niggly little fouls he did? A lot of the time, it's just with his hands, isn't it? He's just like grabbing people as they go past him. It's not it's not always smashing people like he did in the first minute at Middlesbrough. Um, Bumpkins <laughs> touted uh, Williams to channel his inner Tarico for the for the Norwich game. It's a tough one, that isn't it? Because you feel like that's a game that Harry Clark is going to be bang up for as well. Only one of them is going to get to play. I think I'd be tempted to keep Clark in position personally. I know the previous question said he'd been superb. I'm not sure I agree with the term superb, but he's he's, he's noticeably upped his game. He looks stronger, he looks fitter, he looks quicker than he has done in previous kind of previous months of the season. And yeah, I think for me, his is the shirt to lose at the moment. William hasn't played a lot of football at the moment and I've always got that slight worry with Williams that he might just two foot Hernandez in the first minute and then we've got a real situation on our hands so I'm not sure I, th- I think for now I'd keep in Clark he'll be bang up for it obviously being a local lad and I just think maybe he's got that better control and better self-discipline than than Williams potentially I think Williams is the better footballer <laughs> I don't think there's, um, there's not much in it is there <laughs> there's there, no there's not much in it but I I'd, I'd, I'd yeah I'd come down on his side I think more than 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 Williams like you know Williams that one he did against was it was it Preston when he 
did somebody and was laughing at them on the touchline. And then the mm. the one he did at the, um, the the home game last time out, he, he has that in yeah. him. And I worry that a big game with a big crowd, that giving the ref a decision to make, might well go mm. against him. Because if he does it, the Norwich fans will be all over him. The fans are going to boo him. The players are going to be all over him. So I would just maybe worry about that self-control and that discipline a little bit with Williams more than Clark. Yeah, Mike, just on it from a football standpoint, Michael Warner says he thinks Williams covers the back post better than Clark. Clark is more of a ball watcher. I can see Craig nodding along yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, potentially. Um, but then, as Sib says, in a, in a one-on-one, when you've got someone running at you, you'd have Danassian over the other two of them, wouldn't you? Oh, that's um, the answer. Yeah, he'll play Danassian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because they, about, yeah. Williams has got the tendency to go flying in and try and take someone out. Clark's got the tendency to let someone drift past them. Um, but, you know, they've, they've both obviously got their... Um, positives going forward. So I'll tell you what, why don't we leave the decision up to Kieran McKenna and see what he does? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll make the correct one. Alex Corbett says he would have taken two points from those these two away games. So anything from Watford is a bonus. I guess if, if we're going to pinpoint a game to lose, if we had to lose any of the next three or four games, probably would be this Watford one, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was, I was thinking actually about... you'd. Pro- would you take three points in these three games? Think well, you don't want to lose to Norwich. You would probably take a point. You'd certainly take a point away at Watford and probably away at Middlesbrough. But now we've we've got those three points now. So as Seb said, you know, let's just look to look to build on it and look to build on it again. Absolutely right. Let's, thanks for these uh, comments, guys. Keep 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 getting the questions in if you can. Uh, Reading Reading Tracks says, "Got a feel that George Hurst must be exhausted as as we have." No real cover. He's starting to play more in games. Seb, is that a good sign? Because he's now trusted enough. His fitness is trusted for him to be able to get through 85, 87 minutes of running his socks off. Or is it a slight concern for you that he's having to play so much football when we don't really have any other options up there for now? Any any options on that level? Yeah, nothing gives us the same dynamic and dimensions that he does. You know, at the start of the season, he was doing 65, 70, and it would be Ladapo or in the latter kind of weeks, it was Scarlet for a prolonged period of time. But now he's consistently on past the 80th minute. He always looks done by kind of 70, 75. The work rate he puts in is is absolutely insane, isn't it? But we kind of have no choice because you do get that drop-off when he's not involved. I guess January's not too far away now. At, if he's fully fit, can you see him starting every game up until January? Probably because he's so important to the the way we play with the three behind him. He's crucial in that kind of, you know, tiring out defenders, running the channels a little bit, holding the ball up, getting others involved. And we simply don't have that at the moment. Last year, we were pretty quick in January. Weren't we? Was it the FA Cup game where Hurst and Broadhead were pictured? So that must have been the first weekend of, of January. So we moved quickly last year to get reinforcements in and maybe we'll be looking to do the same this year. And he's just got another what, five, six games to go, absolutely flogging himself into the ground, and then he can have a bit of a respite with the Wimbledon away game. And by then, there might be a a, a more quality understudy to come in for him who can kind of alleviate some of the some of the work rate he's having to put in around the 70, 75-minute mark. Mm. Mm. Romeo said there in the chat, Mikey, that he's the hardest player to replace right now. And he, he is, isn't it? Of, of looking through the yeah. squad and... Uh, potential replacements as we were saying earlier about people potentially seamlessly being able to come in and 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 replace each other you haven't got anybody in that squad that can do the same job that Hurst is currently doing as Seb says the the work rate is just ridiculous yesterday he was he took on both their center halves didn't he Seb he took on Fry and Clark and he won the battle against the two of them Um, they were big as well they were physical you know Clark's a big boy and yeah, yeah he he dominated them both yeah and 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 to your initial point, Mikey, and I think it's unfortunate that he's having to play. It's not. I don't think it's through mm. him doing so well that he's deserving to stay on the pitch. I think it's unfortunate that we don't don't have a um, an adequate replacement on the subs bench at the moment that we can not use the word trust, but you know, what I mean, that we'd like to have on the pitch for what could be twenty twenty five minutes at the end of a game because the the drop off is currently. Um, so so stark and it's probably the reason why there were the the rumors about the american guy um during the week weren't there who looked very similar from the um youtube highlights and bits and pieces that have been um out there he looks a very similar stature 
at least to um, George Hurst rather than a, I haven't seen him play 90 minutes. I couldn't tell you if he's as, as quick or as mobile, etc. But um, he looks a, a similar build, a similar similar stature. But I th- I'd be amazed if that's not the first um, port of call come January to just give him some help in some regard. What a player, though, and what what a season he's having. And yeah, like you say, we we can see why. I think Joe Joe Fair's had him third in his Ipswich Town squad power rankings, and that's that's only going up, isn't it? Is One and a half million possible? quid as <laughs> is well. There a, Crazy, isn't it? When yeah. you compare it to Ellis Sims last weekend, three and a half up front, rising to seven, we got an absolute bargain there. Is there a slight possibility that he? rests him from the start on Tuesday night against Watford or is he just going to have to just keep playing him from the start every single game? He's going to have to play him I think until the Wimbledon FA Cup game personally because the the, the, the level of the replacement kind of does it doesn't nullify our attacking threat but there is a noticeable big drop off and I don't think we can afford that at the moment with you know we've got ourselves in a very fortunate position but we need to carry on and yeah it's, it's he's going to have to continue manfully up front I think for the next five six games and then he'll get a weekend off for Wimbledon and then we'll see what the the transfer window brings but he's absolutely crucial and we we can't afford to to rest him and take him out the team because of the drop-off it's you know in reality it would be Scarlett that would start a Vicarage Road probably ahead of Ladapo given he's the one I know Ladapo came on yesterday but Scarlett was kind of the one who was trusted more with that role but I just don't think you can do that at this point I think he's, he's too important we had we've over the last is it over the last three games we've had Three different subs come on because Jackson came on, didn't he, and played that role uh, in the midweek game. Forgive me, I might have got it wrong, but I'm, I'm yeah. sure that Scarlett's done one, Jackson's done one, and now Ladapo's done one in terms of playing that replacement role. And obviously, they've all three of them have got three different sets of traits, uh, good at good and bad, which are all different to George Hurst. You know, as we know, George Hurst is the more rounded of all of them. He's he's got um, green ticks in in most of the boxes, whereas the other guys. Um, probably haven't. So, yeah, he's he. Oh, very possibly they'll just manage, maybe manage his minutes a bit more in the next in the upcoming games by taking him off the pitch earlier. Um, but hopefully, we're you know four 0 up by Norwich by the time he goes off in the fifty fifth minute. Um, mm. So you just give him a, give him a rest that way rather than having to slog the poor guy for eighty five minutes. And uh, another um, Ipswich Town figure that we're we're unable to rest in this hectic. Christmas schedule is Mr. Seb Brown, who's going to be back on Tuesday night uh, for the live match reaction off the final whistle alongside Rich Woodward. Um, as I'm, I'm at that one um, for a change on a Tuesday night. And then on Thursday, you're back again, Seb, for a live <laughs> pre-match show looking ahead to the derby. Might be a brief cameo from someone representing that lot up the road. Um, there may be more to share with Telegram too as, as an exclusive. And then next Sunday, East Anglian Derby flagship show live at the usual time. Hopefully this time next week, we'll have the whole team on talking about a destruction destruction derby. That's easy for me to say. Um, and excitingly, we're also doing a Christmas giveaway, Seb. Um, we want to give away an Ipswich Town shirt or official ITFC merch of equivalent value to one lucky subscriber, but we need your help. We'll post the giveaway instructions tomorrow morning on our socials. Entry will be permitted on all platforms that we're across, except TikTok, requiring usual likes and follows, etc. But one of the criteria is to sub- is that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. The more subs, the better the prize. So if we have 36 so 3.7 thousand subscribers on YouTube by Christmas Eve. You'll win Telegram for the rest of the season. If we have 3.7 to 3.8, it's BM merch item of your choice. And if it's over 3.8 thousand, we'll give away the town shirt. And as I mentioned, the winner will be announced on Christmas Eve. So get involved and get your friends and family involved too. I'll be entering that because I still don't have a, a current Ipswich town shirt. I think I'm probably unlikely to win. Um, but you've got to be seas. in it to win it. <laughs> yeah. I, I must say that the, the the hoodie that was on that um, pop up you just put on the screen, Mikey, is it is real top quality. It's very and they do all, they nice, do all yeah. sizes. I'm I'm wrapping the uh, long sleeved t shirt tonight that matches up quite well with the current Ipswich Ipswich mm. third shirt. Um, yeah. Get on bluemondayitfc.co.uk for all of the links to our social media, Telegram and the merch store. They're all on there. 
Um, let's do a few more questions, shall we? Let's dip back into these comments. Um, I'm going to go to Mauricio Reyes, who is a, one of our Telegram members and the brother of a cameraman that I worked with yesterday who, for some unknown reason, is not an Ipswich Town fan. But good on you, Mauricio. Um, he says he has the feeling that we win the next two and then Leeds away will be the free hit. We'll lose to Leeds and we'll hear about the six points league Leeds one off us for the rest of the season. <laughs> Would you take that if if given it, despite the, the latter part of that question? Very much well, so. A nine-point week isn't promoted. to be... Yeah, a, a nine-point week isn't to be sniffed at at all, is it? You know, if we can keep that buffer going to Elland Road where the result won't really make a difference in terms of, you know, them the, the, the league positions, then yeah, absolutely, why not? You can imagine getting getting to the end of the season. Um, how many games we lost so far this season? Two, haven't we? Getting to the end of the season, having lost three games, and two of those games being against Leeds, and us getting <laughs> promoted. And yet, every comment under the uh, promotion tweet will be, "Yeah, but who lost? Which team beaten those two? Two out of those three times?" <laughs> and we're assuming, obviously, that Leeds aren't going to drop points. Sunderland away on Wednesday night or Tuesday mm. night is is going to be tricky. Hopefully, they'll do us a favour like they did with West Brom at the weekend. You know, I kind of maybe thought Blackburn might do something, but Sunderland away is, is is tough. So hopefully, if we can pick up three points, and even if they drop two more, then that gap is slightly pushed further away again. And and yeah, the trip up there won't be quite so daunting. You know, I kind of thought at the start of this run of fixtures we might end up going to Ellen Road with maybe a four five point kind of gap between us but if we can maintain the the seven when we go there then mm. it's, yeah it, it almost is a free hit like Mauricio says yeah that'd be fantastic Sunderland are interesting actually aren't they in terms of you know the situation they are with poor old poor old Mogger they're sitting in sixth it'd be really interesting yeah. to see who you know there'd be plenty of people wanting that job now you know seeing them sitting sitting in sixth but I think as you guys said um, a couple of days ago I think it may well be a name that some of us have maybe never even heard of. The football manager guy from France is heavily linked, isn't he? The, the, is it Will? Will still. That's the yeah. one. Um, he's heavily linked, obviously. But but yeah, it's it, they're going to go down the route, aren't they? It's, it's a very young side, isn't it? It's a young sporting director. It's a young owner. They're going to do what we've all done and go and appoint a late 30s coaching manager, aren't they? And see what that gives them. It's harsh on Mowbray because, yeah, like you said, they are, you know, they're, they're right, right on the tails of the playoffs. But this is the, the modern day, isn't it? Will still be another language for him to learn, won't it? Going up to Sunderland. <laughs> Nor- Norman Greenwell, Chaplin's goal yesterday means he's one ahead of Broadhead now. Who will be our top scorer this season and how many will they get? I'm going to go for George Hurst, 17 goals. That'd be a hell of a second half of the season. I think he's on about four or five of them, isn't he? So that would be that would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Chaplin, I guess, has to be the favourite given given last season. What I like this year though is Chaplin's. I think that was his fifth assist yesterday. Which you know, I know he got the twenty six goals last year, but I don't think his assists got to double figures or anything like that. So it's it's nice to see that kind of part of his mm. game has moved on as well. I'll, I'll say I'll say Chaplin on the basis that he he tends to score score in streaks. Hopefully, he can bag a couple more between now and Christmas, and and, and then Broad when he when he kind of goes on one of his dry spells, then Broadhead can hit his form again and look to boost his numbers. Yeah, it's quite interesting. What's he? What's Chapman got? Eight, seven, or eight now? Eight. Um, yeah. So Crucky, if he can not even double that, if he can get to fifteen in a season, the championship from from the position that he plays, it's it's fantastic. And as we've, as everyone said about George Hurst, no not, if Mikey, if Christ, if George Hurst ends up getting seventeen goals this season, on top of all the work that he does, and you know <laughs> his stature and his pace and. He's not going for anything less than about 40 million quid in the summer, is he? <laughs> Gary Haysman says Colby Bishop with 12 goals. I hope we don't have any Portland fans <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> I think he's injured at the moment anyway. Um, so you're both going with Connor Chaplin then. Despite Broadhead going through this quiet spell and only being, what is it, one or two behind? Yeah, I think I think our um, maybe our new multi-million pound record-breaking signing in January might, might um, sneak it. Neil Wilmore says two two players, Broadhead and Chappers, will be double figures for assists and goals. Mm. Brilliant. To have could, all of yeah, you potentially you could, players. Have, you could have three, couldn't you? If you could have Hurst in there as well, could potentially um, get into double figures f- for both as well. Um, but it's, it's just, we're not, as poor old um, commentary have found, we're not, not com- commentary and Middlesbrough to, to a, bit, a more extent, we're not reliant on one or two 
players to do everything for us, are we? You know, it is, it's a pretty even split across that uh, front three or four. It is. I don't know why Romeo falls asking this, but who who captains the side in the absence of Morsey, Evans and Walton? Longo, I would assume, probably. Um, has Walton done it? I think he has, but does his personality lend it to a captaincy? Maybe a... I think for me, if Longo was playing, I'd, I'd have Longo in yeah. the in the captaincy role personally and yeah maybe maybe, maybe Burgess Chaplin. is a yeah maybe yeah Chaplin yeah he could get involved kind of he can be quite quite vocal at times so I, I think for me if, if Longo's playing he would be the, 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 the captain hopefully we don't have to find out somehow <laughs> um, lots of comments in here about um, Leeds Sam Jolly says this Leeds disrespect is just tasty fuel for, for our lot it's thing is with Leeds it's just an enormous fan base, isn't it? So there, mm. there's going to be more annoying fans on social media than any any other club um, in the championship. There's some some really great Leeds fans out there as well that think that we're doing a fantastic job and don't remind us. Actually, no, I think they all do remind us that they've beaten us this season, don't they? Um, Pumpkin says he's expecting Davis to have 22 assists. I mean, that would be some going, wouldn't it? Yeah, and another forty worth. million quid's worth of player yeah. from uh, the summer if he gets twenty two assists yeah. from left back. Thirty forty million quid, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I think we we we're all in agreement that Leaf Davis is our most saleable asset that we own and probably the most likely to go for big money this summer. Do you think George Hurst is maybe not far behind him now? I think if he starts to add the goals that um, if he gets those you're, 17 goals you're predicting yeah but even, even if not but if, if he does start you know, even if you think a dozen goals 14 goals between the end of the season it's just and Kieran McKenna said it um, post-match last week I'm sure it was um, Saturday as I drove home you, there aren't many six foot three strikers who can run like he runs both from a um, speed perspective and an endurance perspective as well as you know winning his aerial battles and winning the physical battle of holding off Center off kicking at your calves for eighty six minutes, um, and and sort of tying a team together and bringing other people into play. Crikey, so you're going to start adding goals into the mix as well. Then, yeah, you you may all be right, Mike. And of course, he's English as well, which um, yeah adds adds to something, doesn't it? So yeah, he, he's for a million and a half quid. Again, I say it again, it's just currently looking silly money. Steve Catchpole. I'm going to go to you, Craig. I know I know you just answered the last one because you've experienced two promotions as a as a season ticket holder. No, three promotions as a season ticket holder. Um, and I'm guessing it's just two for you, Seb. Yeah, Same yeah I'm, not, I'm not as long in the tooth as Craig. I wasn't going to say anything. This was the time, 90s, guys. We're not talking about the 1890s. This is the 1990s. This many, many kind, kind of. Kind of. Uh, it's beginning to feel like a promotion season, says Steve Catchpole. Does it remind anyone else of other such seasons? It's a little bit better than the long ball of the early 90s, isn't it, Craig? Depends who the long ball's being aimed towards, Mikey. Um, I, th- I think what what, what we've um, found, certainly in, in those three seasons, was it's around about this time of year that things start to feel like promotion seasons, where the... I think when I spoke to Jason Dezel about it, he said that it was the game against Blackburn around Christmas that he and the team started thinking, Do you know what, we've got a real chance here. Um, you know, we and that season Blackburn were the other team that were in and around us, had a lot of money compared to us, um, and were the favourites to to go up. So there's probably a, a couple more parallels there into um, in terms of um this season into in, in, in the teams that are around us. So I think we'll We'll probably get a more of an inkling once we've got through this this batch of games and once we've played Norwich, Leeds, and Leicester um, over the course of a week. Um, that'll be that'll be the time to know whether we're we're sort of mirroring previous seasons and you know, left it a little bit later last year, didn't we? Around about February time before we start getting on our roll. But I say the turn of the year seems to be the time when yeah you you, you get the tingling to think that this this could be one. I say I think the players will. As well, once they get the ter- turn of that season, you start you start playing the teams again. Um, mm. Then, yeah, you start to get a feeling whether this is going to be another one. Seb, just trying to keep enjoying the journey, right, and not worry too much about the p word. 
Absolutely. I mean, this team, you know, the, the one good thing, you know, is no matter how excited we get as fans and how carried away we may we may all get in the in the chat forums on Twitter, McKenna will keep them all so grounded. You know, it's it, he will. It's, it's a cliche, but he will say one game at a time. And that's absolutely the right the right way to approach it. You know, we all thought last season was incredible and this season's taking it to a whole new level. And this is th- these are the moments you have to enjoy as football fans. Christ, we had so many years of dross in the doldrums, didn't we? You know, Rubbish football, rubbish results. There was no point in, in 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 the club existing to a certain degree because we never had any ambition and never tried anything for 15, 20 years. And to, to be sitting here on 48 points, um, you know, we, we could be on 50 points by the time we play Norwich. And that's that's insane. That is crazy. I think I saw, was it Statman tweeted on the weekend saying it's the best points tally from us ever with 20 league games under our belts you know and you compare some of the some of the great sides we've had in the in in the past well this side is up there with them it's it's brilliant it's full of lovable characters everyone loves the manager and you know days like yesterday if they if we can get a few more between now and the end of the season it could be incredibly incredibly special like I said yesterday felt like a real statement uh, gave me vibes of a couple of the away games last year Bolton Derby before obviously the, the Peterborough and Barnsley ones at the end of the season and if we can keep it going then you know we, we will do well to mess it up because we'll have such a high points tally it would take a run of form that we've simply never experienced under McKenna for us to drop out of it and yeah you know enjoy it because at some point I'm sure this will end at some point Kieran McKenna will go and manage a, a Champions League club but for now he's ours and we we simply enjoy it while we can because this is what being football fans is all about. Lovely, Seb. Um, difficult. <laughs> yeah, Craig is emotional over there in the middle. Sa- Sam Jolly um, says, plenty of us still remember that great 91-92 season, Craig. Don't let these kids bully you. Um, all just a bit of fun, isn't it? <laughs> um, and as part of the 100th anniversary of the Rotary Club of, it- of Ipswich, they're fundraising at the ITFC v Norwich game. The collection is for motor neuron disease, supporting the Derby Rimmer Foundation, which is also supported by Marcus Stewart. Collectors will be in the fan zone and outside the shop. Payment can be made by cash or card. Let's make the 16th of December 2023 a day to remember for more than one reason. I'm getting pumped for it now, Craig. How about you? Are you just all eyes on Watford now? Yeah, um, just get, let's get Watford out of the way and then we'll, we'll worry about that. Well, as, as everybody knows, the weekend doesn't start until Rich and Seb have, you know, started having a little slanging match against each other on a, thir- on a Thursday night. Live on Thursday night, yeah. <laughs> Tune in, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm not actually, I'm not even thinking. Yeah, Norwich, is only, Norwich is only another two podcasts away for Seb. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, only another six hours of research for Seb. Um, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm fully focused on uh, on Watford, and then once we've got Watford out of the way, then we can actually, actually enjoy looking forward to uh, to a derby. Brilliant! Thanks everyone for the comments. Thanks for watching. Please hit like and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And thanks to all the listeners as well. Um, roll on Watford on Tuesday night and hopefully another three points, Seb. Very much so. Yeah, bring it on. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.